Hey guys, and welcome to a brand new Broad Street to Britain, a UK Phillies podcast. I hope you all had a great Christmas. Uh, we're in that weird time between Christmas and New Year, so we thought, hey, let's get a podcast out there because we've got a little bit to talk about now, and it is me, Dave Shaw, and as ever, I am joined by the one and only Alex Carr from The Good Fight. Alex, how are you, my friend? Greetings, Dave. Good to be back, as always. Loving, uh, loving... Christmas and the holidays, and, and glad to be talking some baseball. That's the best present I could ever be given. Absolutely. How was your Christmas, mate? Oh, it was lovely. Uh, spent a lot of time with the limited family in my pod. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, my brother couldn't come. Uh, he's from Missouri, uh, but he couldn't come just because of, you know, trying to be safe, trying to be. But at least yeah. we have it better in, in, in the U.S. Than, than you do in the U.K. right now. Uh, yeah, it was so a hope, tough one. I hope you guys are. Yeah, I hope you it, guys. It was are a good one. It was. It, it was a, as good as Christmas can be. But the fact that nobody can travel, nobody can see anybody. But yeah, it's rough. A lot of FaceTiming. Um, yep. I did we, a whole Zoom call with my family in the UK. We had yeah, a whole, awesome. Yeah. Whole Zoom call. It was great. Yeah, it's it's another weather's just started snowing and it's gone really. Great. Weird weather for where we live at the moment. We're going for a bit of a storm, so it's giving that extra wintry feel to it at the moment. Mm. Um, hopefully you guys listening and watching had a great Christmas as well. Uh, it's great to see a lot of you messaging me and seeing on Twitter, you've got your Phillies merchandise. Um, great. Yeah, Dave, that's been kicking butt. That's so cool. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. I'm, I, I, I don't make any money out of this, by the way. This is not a profit thing or anything like that. It is all done by the great guys at Silver FX, uh, Andy, Andy Turner. Uh, website is silverfx.co.uk and then look for the categories and you'll see Phillies UK. Uh, they do quite a few other UK uh, accounts as well, NFL, uh, hockey, uh, as well as baseball. But they do a fantastic job and they ship worldwide, guys. So if you want to get any UK Phillies merch in, uh, hop on the website. And uh, if there's any sales on, I'll put it on their social media. Look out for that. Um, but yeah, fantastic. It's amazing to see so many people repping the merch, which is which is awesome. So uh, mm-hmm. thank you very much, guys. Right, Alex, the Phillies have been uh, a little bit busy this month. Mm-hmm. Let's start at the top. Let's start with, and I want your initial reaction to before this last week happened when it was just Dave Dombrowski. And that's it. Nothing that's happened last week. Your initial reaction? Uh, my initial reaction wasn't great. I can't lie. <laughs> it wasn't... Many weren't, to be it, honest. It wasn't extraordinarily positive. Uh, and it still isn't exactly. Um, I think Dave Dombrowski is a very smart man. Very good baseball mind. He has obviously won before. Um, and he you know, he's brought, he's brought a winner everywhere he's gone. However, I'm somebody who really, really values sustained success when it comes to baseball. Mm-hmm. I really, a lot of people disagree with me here and that's okay. I prefer a team that is sustainably playing well to a team that wins one championship and then explodes mm-hmm. um, as so many of Dave Dombrowski's teams have. However, I start, I sat on it a little bit. I, I, kind of let it ferment in my body and in my brain. Uh, and I don't necessarily mind it as much as I did. Uh, mm-hmm. I really, I was in love with the 2010s Tigers teams. Uh, you know, Ian Kinsler, Miguel Cabrera, Prince Fielder, um, you know, just this, and obviously that rotation of Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, 
Rick Porcello. Um, I'm missing it. Uh, David Price. Uh, uh, I'm missing one really, really, I'm missing one really, really big name there. Um, but I mean, I loved that team uh, or those teams from like 2010 to 2015. Mm. They were just so much fun to watch. Uh, and they had some bad luck here and there, lost some guys to injuries uh, and, you know, just underperformed a lot. But they were really, really fun to watch, especially in the offseason because they went out and they grabbed anyone they could. I mean, they got uh, – they had Doug Fister at a time. They had Anibal Sanchez when he was amazing. Uh, you know, they just had everybody. They had everybody. Um, so they were super fun to watch. And Dave Dombrowski, of course, was the man behind mm. the mask in, in, in that operation. So um, I really, really hope he can bring something like that here. I really hope it doesn't come at the cost of our entire farm system. Uh, because unlike many, I actually really love this farm system. And I love what they've built. Yeah. And there's a lot of boom and bust talent in there. But it's still really good. And I just know that if they give away a player that then goes on to you know, becomes the next big thing, they're going to get absolutely ragged for it. And that's, you know, as as we've seen already with the Marlins, uh, with Sixto Sanchez, you know, it's not taken long. Doesn't even, doesn't even come close to what, what could happen. And I mean, everybody knew that Sixto was great, comes with risks, still comes with a lot of risks and got really figured out at the end of the 2020 season. Uh, But if the, if the, if the Phillies do re-sign JT Real Muto to, uh, to an extension, which, I still think they will. I have said it time we'll, and time we'll again. That, on we'll this get shortly, Alex. We'll, I've got that. But we'll, we'll I, 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 I do think it's a bit early to say that six zero uh, is, you know, but, an, an absolute steal. But, but yes, I know. but in the press conference, because he, he's renowned. The people who don't know mm-hmm. Dave Dombrowski, sixty-four years old, two World Series winners, uh, ninety-seven with the Marlins, two thousand eighteen with the Red Sox. Also got to the World Series with the Tigers, uh, as Alex was saying, in 2012. And previous to that, 2006. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a four years. We're expecting four years before he goes to Nashville and tries to bring uh, Major League Baseball to Nashville. Um, His quotes in the press conference were interesting, though. He said, this Mm -hmm. is a retool, not a rebuild. Which is right. It's not a total rebuild. We've already made our moves in the back room now. We've got key pieces in place. He also said, which what grabbed me, we want to win, but also you don't want to just do things to sacrifice your long-term goals unless you're a championship caliber club. So it means it's a little bit reassuring because we're not really a championship caliber club like the Dodgers. Um, So I don't think think he is going to sort of sacrifice the farm for short-term success. I, I think it's going to be yeah, not a full rebuild, but a retool. And he's got some, he's got some now, um, aqua, well, he's got Sam Fold now behind him, who's, who he said perfectly compliments him. And I'm, I'm a little bit more positive than I was uh, in this last week. Yeah, I, I definitely am too. Um, I think that it, it, it's especially encouraging for me uh, when we talk about, a retool because that's what good teams do. Retooling is a consistent thing that mm-hmm. many teams do. We're seeing it with the Rays right now. The Rays just traded Blake Snell yep. at his peak value for an absolute haul. Um, and while I don't think the Phillies will do that with Aaron Nola, it is uh, it's important to recognize when you have a replaceable asset um, 
that can garner you some really, really important future pieces. Um, it's important to to sell high on these kinds of players. And I'm talking about primarily maybe Gene Segura, who does have a full no trade clause, but, you know, is owed 14 and a half million over three, two more years, three more years. Three more years. Anyway, yeah. um, but, you know, who just came off of an absolutely brilliant defensive season. I mean, he was phenomenal. Um, and also, you know, showed some promise with the bat, as he always has. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's about selling that kind of guy. It's about maybe if you get the right package, selling Reese Hoskins. I love Reese Hoskins. I adore him as a leader, as a player, as a human being. He's awesome. Um, but if you get the right package offer for a first baseman with power that is so easily replaceable, you take that. Now, I don't think they will get that kind of offer because we just saw what the Nationals gave up for Josh Bell. And while in Nationals terms, giving up your third and sixth ranked prospect might, you know, be somewhat significant, their third and sixth ranked prospect are like the 10th and 15th of the Phillies. I mean, their farm system is, if you think the Phillies farm system is bad, you got to take a look at that Nationals farm system. It is horrible. Um, Anyway, I digress. Um, A retool is really, retooling is important. Uh, it's what allows you to build sustained success. And I think also what Dombrowski was probably talking about more in that sense was he was talking about retooling the front office. I think, um, you know, they're not cleaning house so that they can get started for another rebuild like they did when they hired Matt Klintak. Yeah. They're more, you know, bringing in a whole bunch of – it's, it's a change of scenery. Um, and they're giving the front office a whole new look. And I, I honestly really like that. I oh, love yeah. – the hiring of Samfold. I think he is just absolutely the perfect counterpart, like you mentioned, for somebody like Dave Dombrowski, especially because, I mean, Samfold, from the moment he joined this organization, was trying to be lured away by other clubs. Yeah, he was A's, a finalist for A's managerial jobs. A's, Red Sox, uh, the Rays, um, lots of lots of really good, smart teams were trying to lure Samfold away. Um, and, you know, any team in baseball wants a guy like him really smart, able to not just spot the holes in guys' swings or, or their mechanics, but to be able to relay that information in a consistent and uh, digestible way is so important. And he does that perfectly. Yeah, well, and what you now have – go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, what comes across to me from what I've been reading is that he has – where in, before we've had the information, the analytics, and not know how to use it, he's a guy who seems to know how to use the information given to him to give to Dombrowski, who's quite an old school manager. And Dombrowski said he's open to someone to challenge him, someone to give him that aspect of it and put their two skill sets together to mold one hopefully very successful baseball team. And it has so much potential. Yeah, that's what you've got here. I mean, you are looking at a guy who has been on everyone's radar in Sam Fold. Like everybody knew that this guy was the next up and coming, like if not executive, like managerial candidate. But I think he's better as an executive. I really do. I think that it's better to have the guy that can relay the information uh, properly and, and kind of guide your, uh, kind of give you a compass to who you should be looking at and who <laughs> analytically is the next best choice for, you know, your, based on your ballpark, based on your team composition, things like that. It's better to have him in the front office 
than in the manager's seat where, you know, he could relay that information on the field, but it's kind of not utilizing his full skill set. And I think that you're looking at now a 39-year-old and a 64-year-old who are going to feed off of each other yep. and do some pretty great things. I really do think that uh, this front office matchup is, is really solid. Um, and I, you know, I'm fully prepared to eat my words on that. You know, if things go downhill, I, I will, again, I will take full, full responsibility for what I just said, but I, I do think this front office composition is one that is built for success in the future. It's more, yeah. it's more Rays like, or like mm-hmm. Padres like than they were with, you know, the hiring of, Matt Clentak and having Andy McPhail as his kind of yeah influence. for sure now they're letting the guy that's in the driver's seat they're letting him do the mentoring instead yeah. of letting the guy in the driver's seat be the mentee if that makes any sense yeah and no that Sam Fold will learn a lot from Dave Dabrowski like they're saying that in four years Sam Fold could be the man ready to step yep. into to Dave when he, when he leaves in uh, and of course Dave will be what 68 by then as well so yeah he'll and Another important thing, if I may, yeah, go you have to recognize now that, you know, the, the Phillies have six or seven or eight former players on staff, uh, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. like accomplished major league players on staff as coaches now. That makes, you know, negotiations and, you know, trying to convince guys to come play for them makes it a lot easier. You've got Joe Girardi, you've got Sam Fold, you've got, you know, uh, Caleb Cotham as a pitching coach. I mean, you've got all these former players, all these guys that, you know, have, they know exactly what these other young players are going through. I mean, Caleb Cotham is 33. Mm. Sam Fold is 39. Like these guys, they're not like, you know, they were major leaguers back in the day. No, they were major leaguers five years ago. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. These are guys that are modern, really modern oh, major leaguers. Way modern. And these are guys that were really focused on the analytic side of things, they were right at the beginning, you know, of the analytic era, which was like 2015. So they know not only what they're talking about, but they, they know what these players are going through. They know that, you know, analytics are becoming so important in this game. They know that, uh, you know, what, what it's like negotiating now uh, when it comes to contracts, because they will take the smallest little inconsistency in your stat line and use it to leverage you mm. for money. They, they know that. So, it's it's a really big deal that they have these guys with uh, strong relation skills yep. sitting in you know the front office now, and not to mention they have a guy like Dave Dombrowski who is friends with every single agent known to man, uh, like who has lunch casually with Scott Morris, who has you know who gets phone calls from agents welcoming him to you know back to the major leagues. It's it's a big deal. Um, Absolutely. So while, sorry, it feels like an upgrade al- already on what we've had. Like Matt, Matt oh, yeah. and McPhail. Now we've got Dombrowski and Sam Fold. And Dombrowski said earlier in the month he wasn't sure if he was, he was even going to have a GM. So Sam Fold must have made a, a hell of an impression on him in a couple of weeks for all of a sudden Dave Dombrowski going, yeah, you're my man. I want you. That, was a, that was a big deal for me when I was you know, digesting everything um, because I was fully prepared not to have a general manager you know, with the Phillies this year. Um, and I think that a lot of people expected that that hire wouldn't come until next year. Uh, 
And when I saw my immediate reaction, my gut reaction, I got the notification on Twitter from Jim Salisbury. I hadn't heard a single thing about this. Obviously, nobody does. It's the Phillies. Um, and I got that notification and my immediate gut reaction, I tweeted it. It was like, oh, my goodness. Like, I was so excited because, yeah. number one, it means you're not losing Sam Fold. And number two, it means that you have a young, analytically inclined, up-and-coming GM, former player, like, really smart, smart man in your general manager seat. And when Dave Dombrowski does choose to move on, or who knows, he might get fired two years from now, but when he does choose to move on, you know, you're going to have a guy that is ready to step into the general manager seat full time, like take the wheel, which is yeah. really, really exciting. So that is definitely one thing to be excited about as a Phillies fan in the very minimal amounts of things you have to be excited about. Absolutely. And then we've got uh, Jorge Valandia, who I don't know too much about. He's 45 years old. Uh, he'll mm-hmm. be the assistant to Sam. Uh, and then, of course, Terry Ryan, who will be the assistant to the GM, uh, GM as well, Sam Fold. Alex, if you could, if the people who don't know, like me, I'm not so up together with uh, Jorge and Terry. So if you can give us a bit of info and background on those two. Yeah, Jorge's been in the organization for a little bit. Six-year veteran, I believe. Can't remember. Uh, but he was a player. Again, you've got another another player in the, in the front office. Um, you know, not much to be said other than he is one of those guys that you're definitely going to look to when it comes to uh, international free agents, when it comes to, uh, you know, the, the Phillies already have, in my opinion, one of the best guys in the biz in Salagasinelli as, um, you know, a, an international scout. Uh, but now they have an assistant to the GM who is really well-versed in the international market as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely going to help with, uh, you know, relationships on that end. Uh, so very excited. He's been in the organization for two or three years. Can't remember, but he is. From what I've heard, very. He's, he's a very well respected and very nice guy as well. Yes, very well very. respected. He's, he's very very kind. He's very and he, you know he's very professional. I mean, you are, you are looking at a guy that is is ready for this kind of task. Uh, and as for Terry, Terry is just a class, just a really wonderful human being. Uh, been in the Phillies organization for a while now. Um, just wonderful human being, very, again, very smart, not as analytically inclined, um, a little bit more old school, but now you kind of have that balance. You have Jorge, who's more analytically inclined and in, in the international market, definitely that is his uh, expertise. And then you have Terry, who's, you know, a little bit more old school, going to balance it out on Dombrowski's end. Um, but overall, two really excellent promotions. Uh, really, really, really excited to see what the new front office configuration is. It, it looks like to me that as if, the Phillies are covering all bases here, aren't they? They are. Well, I mean, they, it's not like they didn't have these bases covered before. Um, well, I guess – I mean, they they did and they didn't. I mean, you look at who they had prior. Ned Rice. Ned, Ned Rice, Rice. Very, is very – he, he Do we know what's happened to Ned Rice? We actually don't – we don't know. Is, uh, it, it, it's unclear at the moment. I'm assuming he'll stay on as either a special assistant or as a standard assistant to the GM. And even and even um, what's, what's he doing? For you, uh, that he that's just getting paid. Yet. And he he actually Dombrowski said that he is uh, a consultant. He labeled him as a consultant. He's someone who you can consult. So, so that's so more he's in part of the everyday running then. Mm, so let me more of a special assistant yeah, role. We'll keep keep um, is or that's what it seems. Um, I don't really know. Um, 
but uh, it definitely they they had these bases covered before, but they are they have really shorted up, and they've made it a more collaborative process than it yeah. was, or that's what it feels like to me. Um, you know, Dombrowski will ultimately be making you know the big decisions. It feels like, uh, and I don't know if he actually will be reporting to Middleton or not, but God, I hope not. Um, but you know, he'll be making the big decisions, but he's got a lot of resources around him that he can use to kind of help make his decisions more informed. Um, so that's really exciting. I'm, I'm very, very excited uh, about the direction they chose to go. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, and it's just nice to have some direction because up until a few weeks ago, (laughs) it felt felt like we were just in the off season, just, they were drifting. Know, it felt now. like we weren't going anywhere. We were drifting. We were just we'd we'd lost JT, Klentak and McFair had gone. We got Dombrowski well, and where we were sort of floating. Where were we gonna go? And then all of a sudden, bang, Sam Fold, Valanda, Terry Ryan all promoted. We have a direction, we have a new direction, an exciting direction. And um, what for you is their first what have they got to tackle first? Obviously, the bullpen uh, is a big priority, JT is a big priority, McCann going to the Mets. Well, hello. That was one of JT's I, agents that he thought he was going to go there. I have to tell you, I think I was very critical of the way that the Phillies handled the JT situation. Uh, but as things currently stand, I think they read the room so perfectly. If, the, if, if they end up signing him now, I think they read the room really well. Um, you know, I tweeted something about this earlier, but uh, coming into the offseason, there were a few primary suitors for JT. You had the Mets, obviously. Mm-hmm. That seemed like a match made in heaven. They went for James McCann for whatever reason. I really could not tell. I think James McCann is not a good baseball player. Not that, not that he's not good. I think that he is less good than people think he is because the sample size is so small yeah, yeah. of his actual solid performance. He also is not a very good defender. Um, and they signed him to a four-year deal. That's pretty important. Mm. Uh, so I, I, I'm very underwhelmed and confused by that move. I really did not want the Phillies to be in on him. Uh, I don't think he's all that impressive. Um, yeah, so that was confusing to me. Uh, the Astros, who signed Jason Castro. And so that probably means, because they have Martin Maldonado and Jason Castro. Yeah, or, well, two. I guess they yeah. haven't officially done it yet. Um, but it was rumored like four days ago that said they're very, very close to a deal. I don't know. Um, so now they're pretty, they're pretty safely out of the running, both the Mets and the Astros. You have the Blue Jays, who I personally think are the favorites for uh, George Springer. I'm not, you know, I don't have any source on that, but it's just my personal uh, inkling. Uh, I know there's a lot of buzz about the Mets and George Springer. If he does go to the Mets, more power to them. Uh, but the Blue Jays also have, you know, a pretty complete catching situation in Danny Jansen and, oh, Alejandro Kirk. Um, They, I mean, they, they've got two pretty decent catchers that they can platoon. Uh, They also have Reese McGuire, uh, who got into some personal trouble last year, which was weird. I don't know if you heard that story, Dave. If you've not heard it, look it up. Oh, I, I'm not going to mention it on the podcast. You'd, right, have yeah, to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you'd have to make it an explicit version. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, so they have, they've got three options. I don't think I see them spending, you know, a ton of money on a catcher 
they do need a bat, but I don't think I, I see them more as like a fit for a Nelson Cruz type or somebody like that, like a bigger bat than JT. Um, so that'll be really interesting to see where they pivot from if they do lose out on George Springer. But for now, you know, they're still in the mix, I guess. Uh, you have the Angels, who definitely need a catcher, but need a lot more help in the rotation. So I think they're going to land yeah, Trevor Bauer. Um, so that's, you know, probably takes both of those guys out of the running. And then, like, you've got the fringe guys. You've got the Marlins. You've got the Rays. You've got, But there's no way the Rays, who just traded Blake Snell, are going to spend $25 million on a catcher. There's no way the Marlins – I don't think the Marlins do it. I think it would be serendipitous, but I don't think the Marlins pull the trigger on that. Um, although they do lack some catching depth. Um, but, yeah, I, I think right now he's – JT Realmuto is falling into the Phillies' lap. Uh, yeah. And I was really critical of how they pursued him. But if they end up signing him, I will I will eat my words there. I was pretty confident they'd sign him uh, in the end. I didn't think this is how it would go. But I was pretty confident they would sign him. Don't uh, I just – the they really played it well. JT's agent rang him, didn't he, to congratulate, obviously, yeah. Dombrowski on getting the uh, the role. And then Dombrowski said, for another hook out there, we're, we're highly interested. We want him back. Yeah. And – I don't, I don't think it'd be wise for JT to leave it too long before spring training because catchers need spring training. They need to get their eye in. Oh, yeah. They, the it isn't like a pitcher who you, you sometimes see pitchers in free agency not get picked up till after the season started, whereas a catcher, they need a, a spring training behind them. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's. I don't think he'll leave it too long. I think there will be a resolution probably – you know, not soon, but in the next month or so, um, because his market really is limited. Um, and I think his agents have now realized that, you know, he's not getting the $200 million deal that they so badly wanted him to get. Uh, he probably will set the AAV record for a catcher, but I, I think he'll get closer to Yasmani Grandal money uh, than he will get, you know, an eight-year $25 million contract. Uh, so you know, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what that number uh, ends up being. I think that if the Phillies do end up with him, uh, they played it really well. And, um, you know, obviously having him back, I don't think having him back is the most necessary thing in the world. I know I'm going to get like a lot of flack for that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's not, it's, it's not, it's not necessary in terms of like the offense. Like he, he doesn't exactly slot into the offense perfectly because he's not a five-hole hitter, but that's where he'd slot in, in this lineup. Yeah, yeah. He's not. He's more of like a two or a six-hole hitter. But – so it's not necessary from like an offensive standpoint, but it is absolutely necessary from a fan base standpoint, yeah, from yeah. a team teammate, from a chemistry standpoint, from a pitching rotation uh, and, and bullpen you know, standpoint because no other catcher aside from Andrew Knapp knows this rotation at all um so you know it's necessary from every other uh avenue and even, from, even a bryce harper situation because i don't want to oh yeah bryce that's harper exactly actually. what i mean by chemistry yeah it's, I, I mean it is absolutely necessary in terms of like a clubhouse chemistry kind of thing yeah. um it's just not the most necessary move offensively or long term necessarily because the phillies the one thing that they do so well is develop catching i mean they have like five catchers in their top 20 or uh, top 30 prospects. And that is just like, you know, so unusual. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just such an unusual uh, field of depth. But I mean, 
from every other angle, it makes so much sense. And he's worth the money. He really is, especially Absolutely. if you can get him on a four- to five-year deal. I, th- I think that ultimately ends up being a very fair uh, acquisition. Also, I would just hate for them to look so utterly stupid after trading Sixto Sanchez for two yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, there is that side of it as well. Yeah. Uh, questions from I've, social I've been known to give them too much credit, so, you know. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. You can't, you can't win, Alex. You can't win. No, I can't. <laughs> but that's okay. It's the job. Uh, on Twitter, um, Maddie1iron says, who do you think the Phillies fill out their starting rotation with? Uh, question mark. Hamill's reunion? Question mark. Carlos Radon is another low-cost, high-ceiling option. What do you reckon, Alex? Uh, I like both of those options. I think Cole is uh, probably like the biggest fallback right now. Uh, I would be shocked to see him get anywhere above like a $4 million deal. Mm. Um, This market is really vast and a lot of guys are getting overpaid, but Cole has like nearly no upside. He's 39 years old. I mean, uh, he didn't really pitch at all last year. It's a huge risk. It's, it's a very big risk. And, you know, even if he does come back, he's an inning eater at best. Um, However, I love Carlos Rodon. I think that is a great idea, Um, but he would not be, my first choice only because of injury concern um, and just overall no unknowingness. Um, who, who, you know, who would be your first choice? My first choice personally in free agency is Garrett Richards, uh, okay. who is yeah. likely to be coveted by the Phillies because he's got spin rates galore on every single one of his pitches and he's got velocity. Uh, and he's also one of those guys that if he doesn't work in the rotation can move to the bullpen, which I think is actually really important in this scenario um, because the Phillies do have, you know, three of their four rotation spots. So fully anchored in Zach Evelyn, Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola. Um, And then Spencer Howard is going to factor into the rotation. The question just is when, um, because they might want to start him in triple a. I have a lot of people that say that they are definitely starting with him on the opening day roster. I really don't know. Um, But then that fifth spot, is like a Velasquez-ish placeholder. Uh, But I think that, you know, I do think BB is a fine option, kind of. I more see him probably getting traded uh, and then, you know, them signing somebody else. And I think Garrett Richards is the perfect target. He's got velocity, huge upside, um, you know, great stuff, spin rates. um, And it's just a super high ceiling arm, even though he is 33. Um, you know, there's a lot of ceiling left because he's been so low mileage throughout his entire career because he just keeps getting hurt. Um, but I think, you know, worst comes to worst, they do have, the Phillies have some prospects that are ready to go. Damon Jones, Adonis Medina is probably, you know, not far off. Spencer Howard again. Um, you know, it's not going to be like they're throwing Cole Irvin up again to start a couple games. It's not like that anymore. Uh, you know, might not feel like it, but we're two years separated from, you know, when they had Cole Irvin still started games and things like that. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I saw uh, pirates uh, getting interest from a uh, Joe Musgrove. Do you think the Phillies uh, are one of those? Do you think? I hope so. Do you think I think, I think the, the, the price tag is price tag is probably really steep. Uh, just given the return for Blake Snell. I read something, I think it was from Robert Murray that said, you know, the, the asking price for Musgrove is similar to that of Snell. I think that's ridiculous. Um, yeah. Definitely not. Definitely not uh, pulling the trigger if that's the case. But I mean, 
if he is affordable. Uh, you saw what the Pirates got for Josh Bell. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, the, that return is really underwhelming. Uh, if he is affordable, I would absolutely kill to see Joe Musgrove in a Phillies uniform. He's, you know, he is owed like $3.4 million this year. His peripherals are absolutely unreal. They have been for two years. Um, you know, he's a very uh, well-arsenaled and composed pitcher. Um, so I would, I mean, he would be my first choice above anything if yeah, yeah. he's affordable. Uh, other than that, really like Jamison Tyone as well of the mm-hmm. Pirates. Uh, he's probably not going to be back till June, but I think he would be an awesome buy low option. Uh, so whichever way that goes, I would love to see the Phillies buy into uh, one of the Pirates starters. That would be, that'd be pretty cool. And while we're on the uh, subject of pitches, Dave, the Phillies fan, says, how much of a role will Connor Brogdon play in this year's bullpen? Good question. I, I mean, uh, yeah, I, Connor was so outstanding last year that uh, I don't see a scenario in which he doesn't start on the Major League roster this year. Um, he, he, was, just, he was one of the bright spots, wasn't he, of, of last Oh, year. he was absolutely. I mean, and... I got made fun of a lot when he came up against the Red Sox and absolutely stunk. Like people were like, weren't you saying that he was going to be, you know, the next big relief arm for the Phillies? Like what's wrong with you? Well, would you look at that? Um, But I I think, I I, I think enough tooting my own horn. I think he definitely will play a big role. Um, Not so much uh, as a closer or setup man, not yet at least. I mean, if he goes on a major role, uh, which he very well could, I mean, then, I think you're looking at a guy that could be your potential future closer. Uh, but right now, I think he's going to be more of one of those high leverage middle relief kind of guys. Yeah. Um, and he, but I, I'm really, really excited to see what he has to bring uh, in this next year. Same with Jojo Romero. I think they both will have pretty prominent roles in this bullpen uh, just because, you know, they can't go out and spend 40 million on the bullpen. That's just not going to happen. Um so I, I definitely am excited to see what some of these guys that showed some promise last year. I'm excited to see what they do. That'll be really fun. Who who from the farm do you think we could see come up in there? Uh, because because it is going to be tough to completely rebuild a bullpen in one year. And I, totally. No doubt we are going to see some more youngsters going to have to come through and eat some innings. Uh, who do you think could be the the next couple to make their way through that we haven't seen yet? I think the easy answer is if you're looking for like a rotation piece, Adonis Medina, hundred percent. Uh, he has shown really, really solid. I mean, his, his one start in the major leagues last year, I had some command issues, had some trouble spotting his secondaries, but I mean, yeah. he looked pretty, pretty good. Did, did, he, uh, did he start rough and then get better as it went on? He did. Yeah. And he, went, mean, and he was, the important part is he was sitting 91 to 95. Mm-hmm. That's, um that's a really good thing to see. And also with, Caleb Cotham and the emphasis on driveline, I think you're going to start seeing a little bit more velocity out of him, which would be pretty crazy. Uh, if Adonis Medina can find more velocity, you're looking at like a two to three, not a four to five. Nice. Um, so fingers crossed, but I have seen way too many videos of way too many Phillies prospects. I talk a lot to the, uh, to the uh, minor league pitching coordinators uh, and the assistant minor, minor league pitching coordinators um, of the Phillies. And I get sent videos all the time of guys like David Parkinson, who's like a soft tossing lefty uh, who sits like 91 to 93, throw in 97. Like nice. I, from what I've seen, 
those guys are working wonders. Um, so I think, you know, it's going to be really interesting when we get the minor leagues back to see where these Phillies prospects are uh, in terms of their development. Uh, anyway, Adonis Medina would be the first starting rotation guy I'd look at uh, for the bullpen. Damon Jones, 100%. He, there was a video circulating, uh, you know, a month ago of him hitting 99. Uh, he just has the most wicked slider and an absolutely dominant fastball already with it sitting at like 96. So that's a big name to watch. Kyle Doey, um, absolutely filthy stuff. Needs to work on the control, but just utterly filthy. Both of them are lefties. And then Ramon Rosso, um, who oh, we yeah. saw last year, mm. uh, is probably getting stretched out as a starter right now. He was a starter uh, in winter league ball, but he was excellent in winter league ball. Uh, he had, up until his final start, had only given up one earned run. Uh, he wow. had walked four batters, uh, or no, five batters, and uh, struck out somewhere around 20. 25 maybe so i mean he was really effective in, in winter league ball um so we're going to be seeing a lot more of him probably out of more of a rotation role which i'm actually excited about so because he showed these, promise in that go ahead i'll say all these guys that you've mentioned we, sh- we should see this spring we have a, a, a oh, regular absolutely. spring training well, we should see these guys shouldn't we actually a little bit of maybe breaking news um Ooh. or at least it's not publicly known yet um from what I know, there is actually going to be a bit of a separation in spring training this year. Apparently, what? it's going major leaguers and AAA are doing a spring training together. Then it's going AA, then A affiliates is right. what I believe I was told. Um, so I'm not sure if that's finalized yet. It's just a little bit of a thing that I was slipped earlier today. Um, but yeah, to, to prevent you know risk of infection or anything like that. Uh, and vaccines will definitely change a lot of this. So it's definitely mm-hmm. not finalized because we don't even know anything about vaccines right now. Um, <laughs> but that is that is so far what it seems like is being tossed around. Uh, so we should see many of those guys, but maybe not all of them. Interesting. I, I like I like spring mainly for seeing the pitches coming through because you, oh, you can tell more by the too. pitches. And then, mm-hmm. Because the position players just want to, after the first week, they're done and ready for the season. But the pitching always... Yep. I always find it interesting to watch. I really, I really do enjoy it in that aspect. Yeah, uh, I agree. Jim McCallhatton says, we've sort of covered this. Who's Dem- uh, Dombrowski going to sign first? P- is it going to be JT or do you think it's going to be a, a bullpen piece? I think it's going to be JT. I think JT is the big domino to fall because if they don't get JT, then they have a lot of other, you know, they have a lot more money to reallocate. Yeah. Um, or they might choose not to reallocate that money, uh, which would be sad. But yeah, I think JT is the first big domino to fall. However, they might jump on somebody before that if a market is moving particularly fast. Um, overall, I don't know if you wanted me to touch on you know who I think they should sign in free agency. Yeah, or not, go on. Dave. Yeah, yeah. Because um, not many but, will know the free agency market at the moment, and it's it's yeah. pretty slow in the last couple of days. It's very slow. Um, but overall, the needs that they need addressed pretty much are uh, like back-end starting pitcher. Uh, they need at least two or three bullpen pieces. I mean, they just need it. Um, they need a center fielder. Uh, if they go the offseason without addressing that hole, it might be pretty disastrous. I love Adam Hazley as much as the next guy, but that could be a problem. Yeah. Uh, and then in addition to that, they need a catcher, obviously, whether that be a backup or that BJT. 
Um, and then they need a couple bench bats. Um, so that's where things get really interesting. For me, my personal, uh, I was going to save this for like a YouTube video or something, but I guess, oh. Dave, I'll, I'll give it to you. My personal, <laughs> my personal wish list, my, my Christmas list, uh, I would like Garrett, Garrett Richards as a starting pitcher, if we're going all free agency. Yeah. Garrett Richards, starting pitcher. I would love Brad Hand. Uh, that would just be the dream. Uh, I've tweeted incessantly about him. I've seen. Yeah. There is no better. <laughs> yeah. There's no better league for him than the National League East. Um, you know, with some of the toughest left-handed hitters. Uh, you know, Juan Soto, Freddie Freeman, Michael Conforto. The list goes on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they need a lefty get-out guy, and Brad Hand is the best one in baseball. Um, as well as that, I would like to see them sign. I don't want them to sign Liam Hendricks. I think Liam Hendricks is a great pitcher. He'll be good for another couple of years, but that's too much money for me. We saw how that went with Dave Robertson. Love D-Rob, but that was not good. Uh, so I think I'd rather spread the wealth a little bit. I think mm -hmm. uh, Trevor Rosenthal makes a lot of sense. Guy that just guns 102 miles an hour. Uh, it he, was really, really guy? good last year. Uh, he did play for the Cardinals at one point, but no, he was the guy that got traded for the Padres uh, ah, from the Royals. Uh, just throws absolute gas um and was really good last year was really really good really excited for him uh that he was able to come back and do that uh and then you know another veteran bullpen arm i would like somebody uh like mm, keone kella sean doolittle maybe there's a, there's a whole bunch but my two big wants uh are pretty much brad hand and either of blake trinan or trevor rosenthal um and then moving on to a center fielder, I want Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, I know Kevin Kiermeyer is being thrown out in trade talks now. They're basically two of the same player, but one of them costs you prospects and, or not prospects, yeah. but like probably something uh, and cash to get while the other one just costs you cash. Would you, um, and I think JBJ. Would you send Hazley or Quinn the other way? Uh, not Hazley. Uh, I don't think Quinn would get it done. Um, it would probably just be a fringe prospect. Uh, if the Phillies are taking on the whole contract, that is, if they yeah. Phillies don't want to eat all the money, um, which would be a mistake, but if they don't want to eat all the money, uh, then they'd probably have to send something of semi-significance back. Um, but I think that they can get away with sending a fringe prospect uh, to the Rays along with maybe like maybe Roman Quinn, perhaps, um, or something like that. And then they'll probably receive Kiermaier and a bullpen arm. Uh, the, but the extent of that bullpen arm would be, you know, depending on what they gave up in return. Yeah. So depends. Um, but I'm fine with either of the two. I would prefer Jackie Bradley Jr. Just because I think he has more offensive potential uh, as like kind of a bigger bat in the lineup and a short porch. Uh, and as a lefty batsman, you know, short porch and right field always helps. Um, on top, and I think he will do pretty well outside of a uh, very strangely dimensioned, uh, you know, Boston Red Sox ballpark outside of Fenway because um, you, you got Pesky's pole on one side and then the monster. The monster the other. Yeah, it's it's one of the most bizarre ballparks in, in the MLB uh, in terms of dimensions. Do you think having Dave Dombrowski could help that? Get Jackie Absolutely. Here? I, I, think, I think that would be the biggest reason why they are more favored for Jackie Bradley than they are for Kevin Kiermaier uh, is that, you know, Dombrowski loves Jackie Bradley Jr. Mm. and he's a great human being. Um, really great player. Um, it would be fun to see him and Kutch paired up together. Uh, two very emphatic, uh, you know, guys yeah, just yeah. going at it in the outfield. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about that. Uh, I think that could be a really big ad potentially. 
uh, obviously for catcher. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, what about the infield with, uh, of course, Diddy gone? And looks like looking like he's not going to yeah. come back either, which is a bit, so, a bit sad, actually. <laughs> I'm a bit gutted that we're going to see him next year. Yeah, it is sad. Um, he's definitely not coming back. I don't think, uh, you know, they would have not extended him a qualifying offer and then gone on to extend him a, a three- or four-year contract. Like, that's just not happening. It's just not happening. And I think that's the right move. Um, I don't think not extending him the qualifying offer was the right move. I think that was really stupid. Uh, and I don't use that word lightly. I think that was a very dumb move on the Phillies' yeah. part. I think it was very short-sighted. Um, but I digress. Uh, I think they will probably look to either fill shortstop internally with, like, moving Gene Segura back to short uh, and then having Scott Kingery at second. Or I think they the only, like, feasible option in my mind, unless they trade Gene Segura, uh, would be Freddie Galvis. Uh, would oh, Rattay. Yeah, that would be fun. And he also, you know – isn't really looking at like a full full-time starting position anymore so because he's a switch hitter that mm. kind of helps him be more of a platoon second baseman or a shortstop uh depending on you know the matchups and things like that if they trade gene i could definitely see them uh pursuing marcus Simeon or andrelton simmons uh on a one-year deal mm. which would be cool yeah um, that'd be good but that's, moves. that's an if um because they have to get that 14.5 million off the books if they want to do that um but yeah, Freddie Galvis is one of my bench bats that I would I would like to see them look at. Uh, and then catcher, obviously, I would love to see JT. If not JT, yikes! I mean, a lot of really good backup catchers are yeah. pretty much off the list. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, and I forgot to mention prior to suitors at the beginning of the offseason, the Nationals are also in there. But there's a rumor floating around that they're signing Yadier Molina, um, and then they're also going to get Adam Wainwright along with him. That is just a rumor, baseless. Um, but we'll see. Um, I think that uh, they are going to be unlikely spenders, though, anyway. So I don't think that that mm. happens. Um, and then finally, for bench bats, I would like to see Freddie Galvis back. That would be really nice because Phillies do have a pretty severe major league ready uh, infield situation. Um, they only have Ronald Torres in AAA. That's pretty much it. Uh, you know, Nick Maton's coming through the pipeline, uh, and he's really great. I love Nick and Bryson Stott, obviously. But, um, you know, they, they are short right now. So they're going to need to sign, like, maybe two or three more infielders to minor league deals. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah. But also, I think Freddie Galvis is a great fit. And then Brad Miller is my biggest um, Bambi, name, Brad? Biggest name on my whole list. He'll only cost one to two. He got two million last year. So And, and, and how good was that. he last year? Yeah, he was fine. He, he wasn't great. But um, – you know, his peripherals were really good. Um, and that is what I'm focusing on most. So the Phillies, this is why that makes sense. The Phillies need a left field platoon with Andrew McCutcheon because Andrew McCutcheon has lost a step in the outfield and having a, yeah. having a center fielder mm -hmm. with elite defensive skills like Jackie Bradley or Kevin Kiermaier will really aid him there. Um, but I think against, um, you know, against righties in particular, I would love to see Brad Miller uh, you know, maybe play left field, see Kutch if they're playing an American League team, see Kutch DH or or what have you. Um, that is if we don't get the DH back, which we did. Um, but true. Brad Miller makes so much sense because he can platoon in left field. He can play third base. He's not awful at shortstop, but he's not great. Um, but it's a just-in-case scenario. And he can play a good second base. He can play all the points of need that the Phillies have, and he can do so on a, like, $1.5 million deal. And I think with his peripherals, with his 
you know, ability that we've seen before with a short porch in right field. He is the perfect fit for this club. And I think, honestly, that is a move that Matt Klintak was not uh, hailed for enough. Uh, and I'm not a big Matt Klintak fan, but he did really well to get uh, Brad Miller here. And I want him back. I want him back really bad. So that's my wish list. That's my full tangential list. A, a, a lot of it's doable. You know, we, we could see a few oh, yeah. run. Absolutely. I mean, that, that is also that brings the Phillies down to like eh, $190 to $200 million payroll. It doesn't even max them out which is important because I don't think they want to max out this year. Um, but I, I don't think many so clubs think, will, though, will they? No. They We're all in the same boat, really, aren't we? It's silly that they want, but it's fine. It is what it is. Pandemic baseball is weird. <laughs> it's just how, we, how we've gone from stupid money to this cost-saving so everywhere in two years. But so it, upsetting. It's the pandemic, which is largely yeah. to do with it. And we'll, there's no, nothing nobody can do about it, unfortunately. Nope. Um. Alex, I think I think that's that's a wrap. I think we've covered. Is the last that everything? I think that's. Does you got anything else to get off your chest? Still? Wow. Um. Do I have anything else to get off my chest? I don't think so. I mean, all of this is subject to change. Um, if they make some big trade, say, uh, I don't know. One of my big things I really liked uh, that I mocked up because the Blue Jays have interest in Gene Segura apparently, um, even though you know. He does have a full no trade clause that makes it a little bit more of a thing. Um, but I really like the idea of swapping Randall Grichik uh, and Gene Segura. Randall Grichik can play center field actually um, and is good friends, I believe, with Reese Hoskins. I think they're, or not, if not good friends, they're, they're, they know each other. Um, but he's also, you know, that is a five hole hitter and the Phillies need a five hole hitter. They need a guy with really, really solid power mm. um and yeah. you know jt has power also has swing and miss concerns um, yeah he's a, for so, me he's a little bit underwhelming last year jt with the bat i would love to, i would love to put him in the two hole and move hoskins back down to the four or five four range five, yeah um but having grichik would be really really cool too uh that's also just such a scary lineup if you went from like let's picture this if you went from like kutch to jt to harper to Hoskins, to Grichuk, or switch Grichuk and Hoskins. That's like a lot of power going down the <laughs> that's, line. That's so a... that's a pretty scary one through five. Um, so I liked that idea. Um, and it's a full, they're both owed 14.5 million. It would just be a contract swap, but Grichuk would kind of fill a hole that the Phillies need to fill. And the big issue is they will probably decline Andrew McCutcheon's option next year. I think that is- 35 next year? Yeah, he's he's yeah. pretty old, and it's a seventeen point five million dollar option. Uh, I I think that is uh, it, it is all but decided that they will decline that option. And I love Kutch, I love him to death, but he's lost a step in the field. Um, he, he's still producing offensively. Don't get me wrong, yeah, yeah. but he's he's definitely lost a step in left field, uh, and is is you know not exactly the guy that you'd want to want to have out there defensively. Um, so I think they're definitely going to decline that option, especially given the shortstop class of next year's free agency. Um, and so they're going to need a left fielder. The reason that somebody, I thought that George Springer would make sense, but Grichik is the same way. Um, they both play center field well enough that you can handle it for a year. And then they move over to left field um, where they're pretty elite defenders. Grichik has a great left field club. Yeah. Springer, doesn't play left field but would have a really great left field glove um so that would make a lot of sense to me and 
the Blue Jays are probably shopping Grichik because they have, or, you know, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., but he's signed to a very lucrative deal um, because they, they want George Springer and they want to make room for him. Um, so, you know, they already have Lourdes Gurriel Jr. as their left fielder. Grichik is their center fielder right now. And Teoscar Hernandez is their right fielder. And Teoscar Hernandez had a huge 2020. Yeah, he did. So they are not, yeah. they're not benching him anytime soon. So, and then they are, I mean, Kevin Biggio can play the outfield too. So, you know, there's that. Um, they just have a, a wealth of outfielders that, you know, they need to make room. And Grichik commands the most money out of all of them and, you know, didn't have the best 2020. So I think um, that move makes a lot of sense, uh, but only if Segura is willing to be traded. Yeah. Uh, and I think it makes sense because trading Segura gets him off the payroll next year is most important because the Phillies need a shortstop and there are five amazing ones coming to free agency next year. So they need to, uh, they need to look at that. Who's uh, so, what's uh, what's Carl Holder like? He's in the 40. Carl Holder? Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yes. That is going to aid their infield depth uh, in the, in the minor leagues. Um, and he may, honestly, he might see some major league action this, uh, this year, depending on what they do at shortstop. Um, but Kyle Holders actually uh, was a rule five pick that I did not expect them to go after. Uh, they do have a, a, a diminished major league ready uh, infield in, in AAA, but I, I did not expect them to go for it. They did, which is great because he actually, uh, he was a first round pick in 2015, um, I believe. I think I'm getting that right. First round pick in 2015 has an amazing glove. We're talking about like a, a top tier defensive glove at shortstop. He is a true shortstop. Very, very good. Um, but still needed a little bit of work on the bat. Uh, but a lot of scouts really liked his uh, contact rates last year in uh, both at alternate sites and things like that. Um, so he could end up being a factor, uh, especially if the defense is as good as reported. Uh, you know, if you're getting a guy that is getting you plus 10 defensive run saved. I mean, that's a guy that you could start at shortstop. Uh, yeah, you're he's right. More it, probably it, was, a... it was first, sorry, cutting it. it was first round in 2015 oh, out of uh, San Diego. Really, there you go. Uh, holder in 408 games, he's slashing an average of 0. 0.264, uh, 0.317.5, uh, 3.50 hit in the minors. He slugged 17 home runs, 136 RBIs. Yeah, the power, the power yeah, is definitely decent. Uh, decent. Is, is trending upwards a little bit in the contact rates, like I said. Um, but they really, really like uh, his glove. I know that much. Uh, and I think that that's a guy that you probably look at as more of a bench infielder. Um, so it might save them, you know, going after somebody like Freddie Galvis or mm. depending on what they decide to do with shortstop. Um, but I really do, I really do like that pick. Um, I was expecting them to go for a high-risk bullpen arm. They did not do that, and I'm kind of happy that they didn't because Kyle Holder is like a, you know, a, a really decent gamble to make. Um, yeah. So that's exciting. I'm 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 very excited that they went that route, especially given their deficit of uh, major league ready infield talent. Uh, and we lost no prospects as well from. Oh no, it's a, it's a rule five pick. So basically, yeah. all that means is that he has to be kept on the active roster for this entire season. Right. Uh, otherwise, back to the Yankees. Right. Okay. Right. I got you. Right. Okay. So yeah, that's that's yeah, one to watch out a, for in spring. It's well, a I'm great sure, stash pick. I'm I'm happy about it. Yeah, we should see a bit of him in spring as well. It's see what. He's oh, got. definitely, you'll definitely see some of him in spring. Awesome, Alex. Thank you very much. Like I said, I'm Dave, a little of course. excited now to 
that we have some direction and we have some some purpose again. Let's let's see yeah. what we do in in. I January. think things will start things will start picking up a little bit more. Uh, it definitely. I mean, over the last two days, we're at the time of recording this. You know, Padres traded for Blake Snell last night. They just signed. Um, oh, not Jihuan Bay. Uh, who am I thinking of? Ah, oh, shortstop, Korean shortstop. Can't remember. Um, but you know they and they're on the verge of apparently trading for you, Darvish. So like, it's starting they, to move. At isn't least it? The, the Padres are moving. I don't know about everybody else, but the Padres are moving. So uh, the, we'll the, see. The, the wheels are starting to turn. The pot's starting yeah, to the stove's starting to warm up ever so slightly now. Yes, sir. Excellent. And anything, any big trades break or any big signings happen or any fragrance we'll uh, we'll get. Alex back on the show and discuss it and uh, see what other holes the Phillies need to fill. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Like I said, I hope you all had a great Christmas and have a, a good as can be New Year. It's going to be, again, another strange one. But uh, 2021 is going to be better. Let's think positive. It's yeah. Gonna- there is, Phillies there is. Make the playoffs. Woo. Oh, my, no, I, I keep my feet on the ground here. Don't, don't start. <laughs> don't get me on that I train. Don't know. I but I've, I'm keeping my I'm keeping my expectations relatively low going into yeah, it. Yeah, do. Because the, the division is a tough division. It is tough. Like the, 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 well, I'm, it's not tough yet. It's I not. Mean, it's it going to get tough, the, the, when the Mets start. It spending, might get tough. When the yeah. Mets start get going, the Braves are going to be there. The Marlins, like if they carry on, if they carry on. Braves, who knows? Braves have to get Marcelo Zuna back. Uh, yeah, true. If they don't get Mar- if they don't get Marcelo Zuna back, who knows? And they have a big decision to make with Freddie Freeman. Oh, are they gonna are they gonna pay him the thirty plus million that he's gonna want? Who knows? When when when's that due? Is that this he's a free agent next year. So next no in this yeah. Would would you? A hundred percent. Yeah, I'd have he is, he's he my is, favorite non Phillies player. He's a brave for life and if he's not, there's a big problem. Yeah, I mean, some, there is a there's a big problem. Somebody's gone. Uh, he is, if he's he is the him. he is one of the most elite hitters in baseball. One of he's the a, nicest guys. Yeah. He is. You can't hate him, can you? It, it, no, he's a Phillies really killer. He kills us every time. But I can't no, hate that guy. Can't hate him. Braves Braves love him. I I think they'd be ridiculous not to bring him back. But then, what do you do? They're starting to peril starting to get up there. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, and when his payroll's going up, you, you fans start expecting that. And that rotation, well. I don't know. <laughs> I, know I, think, I think that's a whole different Shout podcast. out to Braves in the UK because I don't know. Hi, Bob. They've got, they've got a guy coming off an ACL injury, a guy that can't get past six innings of work, uh, <laughs> oft-injured Charlie Morton, Ian Anderson, who knows what that's going to be like, and Drew Smiley. Wait, what was that about? Yeah. I don't what is, know. What I don't is know. that about? I, no I, I, I tell you what, Alex, we nearly got through a whole podcast without you. Uh, <laughs> I did it on getting, purpose. I did it on purpose. <laughs> getting some brave talking. I don't know. Excellent. Alex, have a good new year, buddy, and we'll talk very soon, mate. You too, Dave. Guys, thank you for listening. And that's all from us. Thank you. Goodbye.